Section 8 of the Panchatantra by Vishnu Sharma Translated by Arthur William Ryder This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Weaver's Wife Now as he walked along, Godly spied a weaver, who with his wife was on his way to a neighboring city for liquor to drink, and he called out, Look here, my good fellow, I come to you a guest, brought by the evening sun. I do not know a soul in the village. Let me receive the treatment due a guest. For the proverb says, No stranger may be turned aside, who seeks your door at eventide. Nay, honor him, and you shall be transmuted into deity. And again, some straw, a floor, and water, with kindly words beside, these four are never wanting, where pious folk abide. And once again, the sacred fires by kindly word, and Indra by the chair is stirred, Krishna by water for the feet, the lord of all by things to eat. On hearing this, the weaver said to his wife, Go, my dear, take this guest to the house, treat him hospitably, giving him water for the feet, food, a bed, and so on, and stay in the house yourself. I will bring plenty of wine and meat for you. With this he went further. So the wife started home with Godly, and she showed a laughing countenance, for she was a whore who had a certain swain in mind. Indeed. There is sense in the verse, When night is dark, and dark the day, When streets are mired with sticky clay, When husband lingers far away, The flirt becomes supremely gay, The wench cares not a straw to miss, The covered couch, the husband's kiss, The pleasant bed, in place of this, She ever seeks a stolen bliss. And again, for stranger men, The slut will see the ruin of her family, the world's reproach, the jailer's key, will risk a death she cannot flee. Then she went home, offered Godly a rickety cot, and said, My holy sir, a woman friend has come from the village, and I must speak to her. I will be back directly. Meanwhile, you may stay in our house, but please be careful. With this, she put on her best things and started to find her swain. At this moment, she ran into her husband, clasping a jug of wine. He was reeling drunk, his hair was tousled, and he stumbled at every step. She ran when she saw him, entered the house, took off her finery and appeared as usual. Now the weaver had seen her flee, had observed the finery, and since he had previously heard the gossip that went the rounds about her, his heart was troubled and anger overcame him. So he entered the house and said, You wench, you whore, where were you going? And she replied, I have not been out since I left you. What is this drunken twaddle? There is sense in the proverb. After wine and fever, these self-same symptoms come. Shaking, falling to the ground. Mad delirium. And again, the setting sun and drunken man are both a fiery red. They sink in naked helplessness. Their dignity is dead. When he had taken the scolding and had noticed her change of dress, he said, Whore, I have heard gossip about you for a long time. Today I have seen the proof. I am going to give you what you deserve. So he beat her limp with a club, tied her firmly to a post, and fell into a drunken slumber. At this juncture, her friend, the barber's wife, learning that the weaver was asleep, came and said, My dear, he is waiting for you over there. You know who. Go at once. But the weaver's wife replied, Just see what a fix I am in. How can I go? You must return and tell my adorer 
that i cannot possibly meet him there at this moment my dear said the barber's wife do not say things like that for a wench of spirit this is no way to behave as the saying goes those who earn the name of blessed show a camel-like persistence when they pluck the fruit of pleasure counting neither toil nor distance and again as the other world is doubtful and as scandal misses truth when you've hooked another's lover best enjoy the fruit of youth and once again fate may rob him of his manhood he may handsome be or ugly yet a wench whate'er it cost her entertains her lover snugly very fine indeed said the weaver's wife but tell me how am i to go when i'm tied fast and here lies my husband the brute my dear said the barber's wife he is helpless with drink and will not wake until the sun's rays reach him i will set you free and take your place myself but you must hurry back when you have entertained your admirer this she did and a moment later the weaver rose a little mollified and said drunkenly come you nagger if you will stay at home after to-day and stop nagging i will set you free the barber's wife said nothing fearing that her voice would betray her even when he repeated his offer she made no answer then he became angry and cut off her nose with a sharp knife and said whore now you can stay there i shall not be nice to you again so he fell asleep muttering now godly having lost his money was so tormented by hunger that he could not sleep and was a witness of all that the women did presently the weaver's wife after enjoying the full delight of love with her swain came home and said to the barber's wife well are you all right i hope that brute did not get up while i was gone and the barber's wife answered the rest of me is all right but i've lost my nose set me free quick before he wakes up i want to go home if not he will do something worse next time cut off ears and things so the wench freed the barber's wife took her former position and cried reproachfully oh you dreadful simpleton i am a true wife a model of faithfulness what man is able to violate or disfigure me listen ye guardian deities of the world earth heaven and death the feeling mind sun moon and water fire and wind both twilights justice day and night discern man's conduct wrong or right so if i am a faithful wife may these gods make my nose grow again as it was before more than that if i have had so much as a secret desire for a strange man may they reduce me to ashes after this explosion she said to him directly look you villain by virtue of my faithfulness my nose has grown as it was before and when he took a torch and examined her he found her nose as it was originally and a great pool of blood on the floor at this he was amazed released her from the cords and flattered her with a hundred wheedling endearments now godly had seen the whole business and he was amazed and said learn science with the gods above or imps in nether space yet women's wit will rival it how keep them in their place behold the faults with woman born impurity and heartless scorn untruth and folly reckless heat excessive greediness deceit be not enslaved by women's charm nor wish them growth in power to harm their slaves of manly feeling stripped are tame pet crows whose wings are clipped honey in a woman's words poison in her breast so although you taste her lip drub her on the chest this palace 
filled with vice this field where sprouts suspicions crop this whirling pool of doubts this town of recklessness sins aggregate this house where frauds by hundreds lie in wait this basket full of riddling sham and quip or guessing which are best and bravest trip this woman this machine this nectar bane who set it here to make religion vain a bosom hard is praised a forehead low a fickle glance a mumbling speech and slow thick hips a heart that constant tremors move a natural twist in hair and twists in love their virtues are a pack of vices then let breasts adore the fawn-eyed things not men for reason good they laugh or weep they trust you not your trust they keep these graveyard urns oh haunt them not keep kin and conduct free from spot the lion o'er whose awful face falls fierce the town-sled mane the elephant upon whose cheeks streams ichor's glistening rain the men of wit or courage who in books or battles gleam in presence of their females all turn into cowards supreme and once more this kanja fruit oh what was god about is poisonous within and sweet without in these meditations the night dragged drearily for the holy man meanwhile the go-between went home with her nose cut off and reflected what is to be done now how is this great deficiency to be concealed the night during which she pondered thus her husband spent in the king's palace practising his trade at dawn he came home and being eager to begin his thriving business with the townspeople he stopped at the door and called to her my dear bring me my razor case at once the townspeople need my services hereupon an idea occurred to the noseless woman she remained in the house but sent him a single razor and the barber angry because the entire case had not been delivered flung the razor in her direction this gave the wench her opportunity lifting her hands to heaven she dashed from the house screaming with all her might oh 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 the ruffian i was always a faithful wife look he cut off my nose save me save me hereupon the police arrived thrashed the barber limp tied him fast and took him to court with his wife whose nose was gone and the judges asked him why did you do this ghastly thing to your wife then his wits being so addled by astonishment that he could give no answer the juryman quoted law the guilty man is terrified by reason of his crime his pride is gone his powers of speaking fail his glances rove his face is pale and again the sweat appears upon his brow he stumbles on he knows not how his face is pale and all he utters is much distorted for he stutters the culprit always may be found to shake and gaze upon the ground observe the signs as best you can and shrewdly pick the guilty man while on the other hand the innocent is self-reliant his speech is clear his glance defined his countenance is calm and free his indignation makes him plea the prisoner is obviously guilty the legal penalty for assaulting a woman is death let him be impaled but godly seeing him led to the place of execution went to the officers of justice and said gentlemen you make a mistake in putting this wretched barber to death his conduct has been correct pray listen to these words of mine the jackal at the ram fight 
and we when tricked by june the meddling friend were playing a self-defeating tune so the officers said how was that holy sir then godly related to them the three stories complete in every detail and they were all astonished as they listened they set the barber free and said slay not a woman brahmin child an invalid or hermit mild in case of major dereliction disfigurement is the infliction now she has lost her nose through her own act as additional punishment from the king let her ears be cut off when this had been done godly strengthening his spirit by the two examples returned to his own monastery and that is why i say the jackal at the ram fight and the rest of it well said cheek such being the case what are you and i to do and victor answered even in these circumstances i shall have a flash of intelligence showing me how to separate lively from the king besides he has fallen into serious vice has our master rusty for mad folly stings the greatest kings who then embrace a vice but servants care should check them there by means of learning nice into what vice has our master rusty fallen asked cheek and victor replied there are seven vices in the world namely drink women hunting scolding dice greed cruelty these seven are vice these however really make a single vice called attachment with seven subdivisions then cheek inquired is there only a single fundamental vice or are there others also and victor expounded there are in the world five situations fundamentally vicious and when cheek asked how are they differentiated victor continued they are one deficiency two corruption three attachment four devastation five mistaken policy to begin at the beginning the vice called deficiency means the non-existence of one or another of these king counsellor people fortress treasure punitive power friends secondly when subjects whether foreign or native become restless whether individually or en masse there arises the vicious situation called corruption attachment was explained above in the words drink women hunting and the rest of it here there is a love group drink women hunting dice and a wrath group scolding and the rest a man thwarted in the love group becomes obnoxious to the wrath group the love group requires no elucidation the wrath group however threefold as already described needs some further characterization scolding is ill-considered imputation of fault on the part of one bent on injuring an antagonist cruelty means ruthless and unwarranted refinements in putting to death imprisonment mutilation greed is covetousness pushed to a merciless point these are the seven subdivisions of the vice of attachment next there are eight kinds of devastation by act of god fire water disease plague panic famine devil rain which is a mere name for excessive rain this disposes of vice called devastation finally there is mistaken policy where a man makes a mistaken use of the six expedients peace war change of base entrenchment alliance duplicity adopting war instead of peace or peace instead of war 
or making similar mistakes in regard to the other expedients. There we have the vice of mistaken policy. Now our master Rusty has fallen into the very first vice, that of deficiency, for he has been so captivated by lively that he pays not the smallest heed to counsellor or any other of the six supports of his throne. He adopts rather completely a vegetarian morality. So what is the use of a lengthy discussion? Rusty must by all means be detached from lively. No lamp, no light. How will you detach him? objected Cheek. You have not the power. My dear fellow, said Victor, there is a verse to fit the situation. Namely, in case where brute force would fail, a shrewd device may still prevail. A crow hen used a golden chain, and so the dreadful snake was slain. How was that? asked Cheek. And Victor told how the crow hen killed the black snake. End of section 8